Amen. Go ahead and be opening up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. Has anybody here been blessed? Okay, all right, all right. You're there, you're there. Anybody here want a blessing? You understand, we're just singing about the blessing of being saved, the blessing of uh, uh, forgiveness, of, of being cleansed from our sins, and, and so thankful for that blessing of salvation. Uh, but that wasn't the last blessing. Uh, there are blessings of the kingdom. Matter of fact, when we're saved, that's not the end, that's just the beginning. Uh, we begin to be part of a, of a new kingdom with a new king. And there are blessings in that kingdom. This is a, there are blessings of the kingdom. And that's what we're going to be looking at for the next several weeks. Uh, in Matthew chapter 5, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus lays out these blessings of the kingdom. There, he lists nine of them uh, in these, these first uh, 11 verses there. Uh, he lists nine blessings that uh, are for those who are a part of the kingdom. So we're going to look at that first blessing this morning in Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to read down through verse 3. Where it says, and seeing the multitude. So Jesus had been out healing. He had been out ministering. Matter of fact, this was right after his uh, baptism and temptation and, and, and coming out of the, the wilderness time there. He comes and he begins a ministry of, of preaching and healing. And more and more crowds are gathered together. So that's the multitudes. And so he goes up into the mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. And so there are those disciples, but the multitudes are there as well, uh, and he opened his mouth and taught them saying, and here's the first blessing, where he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So he's talking about this blessing. Now understand what he means when he says blessed. It's more than just a feeling of happiness. It's more than just something that we can check on the good side of the list. The blessing that he is talking about, and this word blessing, uh, is, is beyond anything like that. It is, it is a, a great word. Makarios is the Greek word. It's where we get the word macro. We talked about this a little bit last week. And it has the idea of filled to fullness. Filled to fullness with what? With the good things of God, the good things of the king, the blessings of the kingdom. It's the idea of overflowing in blessings, a, a fullness of joy, a fullness of peace, a fullness of fellowship, a fullness of life. That's what he is actually talking about here. And this is the real Christian life. It's, it's not often what it's not what we usually see in so many lives that are that are around us and, and really when we look at our own lives it's not the unfortunately not the normal experience of our life but this is the life that Jesus is calling us to this is the life that is available to us the unfortunate thing is that often we're living less than this but this is what he has available see he he moves from healing bodies, which is oftentimes what we think of as far as blessing. When we say I want a blessing, we mean that I want a little temporary physical feeling better uh, is what we're oftentimes mean. This is much more than that. Here he moves from uh, healing bodies to caring for souls and to get into the, the depth of what it means to be blessed. This is why we need revival. We're not experiencing the blessings of the kingdom. 
We need to get to where we're living out every day in these blessings that are... You see, one of the biggest problems in, in churches and, and among Christians today is the superficiality that we have in our churches. I mean, we're a hundred miles wide and a millimeter deep. And, and we're just superficial in a lot of the things that we do. We may hear sermons and we may study lessons and we may read our Bible and we read the things that are there and instead of experiencing the reality of what Jesus is teaching and what Jesus is calling us to, we just say, okay, this is the way it's supposed to be so I'll pretend like I got that. I'll pretend like I'm experiencing that. In our souls and in our hearts, we're, we're tore up and we're discouraged and we're down. But when we come to church, we put on that smile and act like we got joy. We're superficial in what we do. We are torn up and, and discouraged about what's going on in our lives, but we'll pretend like we have peace. We know what's going on in our minds and our hearts and we know what's, what happens when nobody else is looking, but we'll act like we're righteous and holy people. We'll know that we're called to love the Lord with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our mind, with all our strength. And yet when we sing songs, we mouth the words, but our hearts are not in it. We're superficial. Let me tell you something, Jesus is real. And what he is calling us to, these blessings of the kingdom are real. And the overflowing fullness of the presence of the Lord is real. And it is available to everybody who's a part of the kingdom. So he lays out these blessings and as we look at these blessings, we think, all right, let's get into these blessings. And then he starts off with this is, this is the first blessing. This is the life of the kingdom. And he says there in verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit. What? <laughs> Wait a minute. We're just talking about how great the blessing is. And he starts off and says, blessed are the poor in spirit. I mean, he seems like he would say, blessed are the, the, the most intelligent of the intelligent. Blessed are the, the healthiest of the healthy. Blessed are the wealthiest of the wealthy. Blessed are the, the most charismatic and the most gifted. But that is not at all what he says. He throws a curveball here. And listen, the curveball is not just to confuse us. The curveball is the reality. This is, what Jesus, this is what it means to follow Jesus. This is what he is calling us to. And what he is saying here is that whatever you want to call a blessing, if you will follow the king, he'll give you a far greater blessing in this. And he says, you want to know what real blessing is? Blessed are the poor in spirit. What does he mean by this, this poor in spirit? See, the problem is we think we are somebody. And we think somehow we have earned the blessing of God. And that is not what the kingdom is about. And that is not real. That is not true. It is impossible. But God has made a blessing possible. Even though it's 
what we're not somebody. He blesses the ones who aren't somebody. What does he mean by this poor in the spirit? Well, I'm not going to water it down at all. I'm just going to tell you exactly what he means. First of all, he's talking about absolute poverty. That is what he's talking about. Absolute poverty. This word that is used for poverty here, for being poor, it means to be beggarly poor. And beggarly poor means I don't have any of it. I don't have anything. Therefore, I've got to ask for it. I've got, to, I've got to depend upon others. That's what he means by beggarly poor. He means completely destitute. He means we are and we have nothing. That's zero. That's, that's, that's absolutely nothing. And we need to recognize that. And that's the, when we come into the kingdom, we don't come bringing our giftedness and bringing our charisma and bringing our talents and bringing our abilities. We come with nothing. We are poor in spirit. You see, the kingdom is not a self-improvement course. Not at all. And, and it's not because the reality is what he's talking about is that in and of ourselves, there's nothing here to improve. We're poor. We're destitute. We have nothing. The world despises poverty. And oftentimes that, that, that mentality has crept into the church. When we see someone that is poor, when we see someone that is begging, what do we think? Well, what did they do wrong? And that's a worldly mentality. And Jesus says, what I'm offering you is, and remember we talked about this last week, the kingdom's a different kingdom. It is different than this worldly mindset. It is different than even our, our, our fleshly brains think of uh, because we've been trained to follow after our flesh, to follow after pride, to achieve, to earn. Uh, that's, the, that's the way you make it. That's the way you climb the ladder. And Jesus says the exact opposite, that we are poor in spirit. You see, it's not you giving your very best to God. Your very best will always fall short. And the reality is, is that if, if I rely upon me and my abilities to honor Jesus, if I depend upon me and my abilities and my understanding and my thinking to find joy and peace, I will die. He's talking about absolute poverty here. This is what it means to be a part of the kingdom. Blessed are the poor in spirit. He's not only talking about absolute poverty, but he's talking about absolute poverty in the spiritual realm. He's talking about spiritual poverty. Spiritual poverty. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You see, that's where we say, okay, I'll be humble about these things in my life and everything, but spiritually I'm doing real good. No, 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 no. We are spiritually poor. See, we think that what God does is God comes along and we, we, get, we get God and God comes along and he helps us out. 
He comes along and he, he works with what we got and makes us stronger. He comes along and, and, and strengthens us. And that's not taught in the Bible. Yeah, there, there are some passages that deal with strength, but look at those passages very closely because the strength that, that God calls us to everywhere, that strength doesn't come from within you. It comes as a gift from God. The strength that we need that, that'll bring us joy, that'll give us victory, that'll help us to walk in holiness and in righteousness, that'll help us make a difference in this world, that'll help us to overcome the flesh and sacrifice and serve and do things that'll make a, a spiritual, eternal impact in our families and the world around us. It didn't come from here, it comes from above. We're spiritually poor. We're spiritually broken. Some will say, well, doesn't in Ephesians chapter 6, doesn't he tell us there to be strong? Well, you cut it off too soon. Because actually what he says in Ephesians 6, he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Well, doesn't it tell us that uh, about David that he strengthened himself? You cut that off too soon. David strengthened himself in the Lord. In the Lord. David is the one that recognized that the victory and the strength didn't come from David. When David relied upon his own ingenuity and his own thinking, he was sinning and he was murdering and he was uh, committing adultery and things like that. He had to go to the Lord and say, God, I can't win this. I can't do this. I need your help. And when he did, God came through every time. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You see, do we want... A Christian life that overflows with me or overflows with him? The kingdom life is a life that overflows with him, with the king. We need to understand and recognize and apply this truth to our lives that we are unworthy and unable to serve God without God. We are poor in spirit. I love the way Ron Dunn put it. He said, by the way, there'll be no strutters in heaven. No strutters in heaven. And by the way, there are some of us that are not strutters like you see some of these guys on TV, like in professional wrestling, you know, coming down, to, you know, doing all this. kind. We're not that kind of strutter, but there are a lot of shy strutters around. Like the little kid that gets the base hit and is grinning from ear to ear and saying, look at what I did. And that's great for that kid, and I'm proud when my kids did that and and we have fun with that and everything, but that, there's no room for that in the kingdom of God as far as spiritual things is concerned. Whenever we say, look what I did, we're in trouble. Because the only things will last is what he has done. That other stuff's wood, hay, and stubble. And we burned up at the judgment seat of Christ. Spiritual poverty. And then understand this. 
When we're talking about the kingdom of God, we're not talking about a one-time come to the altar, although it often starts with a one-time come to the altar. And this altar is always open, by the way. Anytime you want to come in the midst of a song service, in the midst of my preaching, in the midst of prayer, in the midst of offering or whatever, and you need to do business with God, you do business with God. But it's not just a one-time fix. It is a continual poverty. Notice what he says here. He doesn't doesn't say blessed were or blessed were. He says blessed are. There's that continual. And then he says for theirs is. There's a present activity that is going on and it is a continual activity. There's a present reality to this poverty. I will never get over this poverty. I will always need Jesus. I will never get to the point that I don't need him. We were singing about it earlier, how we need him. We we need him every moment of every day. That is the present reality and it'll be that reality now and forever. I will never get strong enough that I can Stand up and say, God, I got this. No, 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 no. We are. Today, tomorrow, next week, as long as as we are living, we are poor in spirit. Absolutely. We will always need him. I remember uh, when uh, uh, my children were younger, uh, Miss, Missy's an animal lover. I'm an animal liker. <laughs> I like them as long as they do right. But she's an animal lover. And so we've, we've always had different pets and things like that. And, uh, and I like dogs better than cats, but she likes cats and dogs equally way up there on the list. And so over the years, me being the kind and loving and generous husband that I am, uh, we've had some cats, and uh, some of those cats have been awful, and some have been terrible. <laughs> we had one cat in particular uh, that uh, when the kids were younger, of course, the little kitten is so cute. For once, when you take a picture of them, but uh, you don't know what they were doing right before that picture. We had this one kitten that was, was so cute. And my kids, they, uh, they had their toys and different things like that. And, of course, the cat didn't chew up any toys or anything like that. But one toy that the cat really loved was David's beanbag. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. That beanbag felt a lot like a kitty litter box. <laughs> and uh, the cat would, let me just put this bluntly, the cat would sin all over that beanbag. <laughs> and... Uh, and that was not good. It was awful. And I tried because we had those bean bags and David loved his bag. And I got out the Lysol and I did all kinds of stuff. And I unzipped it and I sprayed it inside and I sprayed down the outside and I tried to wash things out. And I left all the, the, the bean bag stuff that was still in the little plastic thing and stuff and put it out and sprayed all that down and left it outside. And I could not get rid of the smell. Until eventually I had to put that bean bag out by the side of the road and get it hauled off. And you know what? Nobody picked up that bean bag either <laughs> and took it home with them. If they did, they probably brought it back because they put it in the car and they said, ah, oh, take it back <laughs> and stuff. Now we know what's out, why it's out the side of the road. 
It's the same way. There will never be a time in our life where our flesh does not stink to God and where our flesh is not going to be totally inadequate. And even that fleshly, spiritual, religious side of us will always fall short. And that's why we need to continually live a life of dependence upon God. This is the life of the kingdom. It's not about achievements and awards and all those types of things and recognition. It is about being poor in spirit, knowing it and living it out every day. God, I don't got this. I need you. I need you. And then there's the gift of the king where he says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You recognize you've got nothing. You get everything. Everything. Because everything's not in here. Everything is a gift from him. And what he gives is far better than anything that we have. You see, compared to what Jesus has, it's like a, 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 an account with a, a, a $900 billion in it compared to our, not just our $1. You say, well, it's like $1 compared to $900 billion. No, it's worse than that. It's like we got a deficit in our account. We're overdrawn in our account. We're negative in our account. And he has everything in his account. And he says, come on, Quit depending upon yourself. I've got it covered. I've got it all. Lean on me. Ask me. Come to me. Be a part of my kingdom. That's what we're called to have. That's what we're called to experience. His kingdom, it is a needed kingdom. You see, when he talks about the kingdom of heaven, we talked a little bit about this last week. It is that, that basaliah. It is the dominion of the king. That's what a kingdom is. It is his kingdom. We need a king, and we don't just get a king. We get the king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You see, that's what, that's what happened to me at the moment that I was saved as a, as a teenager. That's, that's the realization that I came to. And, and I, I didn't hear an audible voice, but what I, I heard God speaking into my life was a, the Holy Spirit of God speaking on behalf of the king and saying, Doug, you need Jesus. You need him. And listen, since that time, over and over again in my life, and it and, and seems like every time I get into the word of God, every morning in my prayer time, the Holy Spirit is reminding me again and again, you need Jesus. You need help. We need him every moment of every day. We need Jesus. And guess what? If you're saved, you got him. You got him. So be poor in spirit. Don't depend upon yourself. Don't depend upon your weaknesses. Don't depend upon your, your failing, falling self. Don't lean on the king. Depend on the king. Follow the king. Let him be your, your strength. Yes, I am poor, but let me tell you something. I have a king who has everything. That is the reality. See, our problem is, is we think this king thing is optional. We think we can come to, to Jesus and get a little dose of forgiveness, but we don't have to have the king. Let me tell you, that Jesus who gives us forgiveness is the king. Amen. 
He is the king. And he calls us to be a part of his kingdom. Without him, we die. You ever been trapped underwater in a situation, maybe in a swimming pool or maybe in an ocean? A lot of times it'll happen like in an ocean where a big wave comes over and you get pounded down and and you don't realize, you know, when you get pounded down how high the water is up above you. And you keep swimming and you start swimming and you think, okay, my head, any moment now I'm going to pop out, you know, and stuff. And by the time you finally get out, you go, <gasps> that's spiritually how we should be about Christ. That we are starving for him. We're going to die without him. We need the king. And we get him. We get him. It's a needed kingdom. It is a forever kingdom. I love it that he says not just the, the kingdom of God, but here he puts in this word the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. And emphasizing that forever kingdom, that, that, that heaven is not just a place that we go to, but it is an unlimited time in that place. We're there for eternity. And by the way, eternity doesn't end. We're there forever. Revelation tells us that it is this heaven that is standing at the, at the end when all time is over with, when everything has been said and done. The king, the people that are part of the kingdom will be with the king in heaven forever and ever. This eternal place, by the way, this eternal place is a kingdom. There is a throne there and there is one sitting on that throne and his name is Jesus. We will be with the king forever. There's not going to be options to where you want to go in heaven. It's not going to be like Disneyland that you can pick which rides you want to be in. You're going to be a part of the kingdom. You're going to be there with Jesus and that ought to thrill our souls. He will be on the throne forever and ever. He is the sovereign forever and ever and we will have the privilege, the joy, the wonder, the awe, the excitement of worshiping him and serving him forever and ever because guess what? I'm going to be poor forever and ever but I'll be in the presence of the king forever and ever. It's a forever kingdom. And let me also say it's a kingdom community we talk about, he says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He uses the plural term here. And when he's talking about heaven, the Bible tells us that heaven is not a place for individuals. It's a place for people. In other words, I hate to break it to you, but you're not the only one that's going to be there. And by the way, not only are you not the only one who's going to be there in heaven one day, but you're not the only one a part of the kingdom today. Because the kingdom is a forever place, but it's a right now place as well. And you do understand, there are going to be a lot more people in heaven not like us than like us. There are going to be a lot more people in heaven that don't talk our language <laughs> than talk our language, than look like it. I mean, the disciples... These people in Matthew and Mark and Luke, they didn't look like us. And they didn't talk like us. We've got it translated into English because they didn't talk like us. And that's okay. Because we're a part of that community. 
We're a part of that kingdom together. You know, right now, there are more believers. They tell us there are more believers in China right now than there are in the United States. Genuine believers. That certainly don't talk, don't write like us, don't look like us. And yet they're part of the kingdom. They worship the same king. The same Jesus that saved me has saved them and redeemed them. And matter of fact, the same Jesus I'm trying to figure out and serving, they've already figured it out and are serving. They know what it means to be poor in spirit. And they're living it out every day in their lives because they've never had anything. And all they've had is Jesus. And they want us to know that he is more than enough. We'll be the minority when we get there. But glory to God, we'll be a part of the kingdom. Part of the kingdom. All poor. All saved by grace. All worshiping and serving the same king. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let me wrap this up by just saying it is an abiding kingdom. See that word heaven there, it does talk about that forever place. But also, the word literally means dwelling place. The heaven that is the forever place is the dwelling place of God. But it's not the only dwelling place of God. You see, what makes heaven heaven It's not the streets of gold, although they'll be beautiful, or the pearly gates, or even the people that are there in heaven. What makes heaven heaven is the presence of God. It's him being there. But we need to understand that God is not just present there. God is present here. I love the way heaven is described in Revelation 21 and verse 3 where he says there, he talks about this. He says, and I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. Do you catch what he said? There's, There's two different ways he could have said that. He could have said we will be with God and we will be in the presence of God and we will be with God and we will be with God. But he doesn't say that. He says God will be with them because God's the one that initiates this. God's the one that does it. This is, this is the king's desire. This is the king's plan is that he will be with us and he is with us and he is here right now. He is dwelling with us right now. It's not just something that will happen right now. He is with us now. Matter of fact, that's exactly what Jesus said to these same disciples in John chapter 15 and verse four where he said, abide in me. And we talk about that, the branch of uh, that we are he is the vine and we are the branches and we are to abide in him but notice what he says he doesn't just say that we abide in him he says abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me he says I am in you I am abiding in we are the dwelling place of the king he lives within us what I'm trying to tell you is the king is here he is here every day and so every Every day we need to live in dependence upon him, listening to him, worshiping him, serving him, and obeying him. This is the kingdom of heaven. And so we need to live as those who are poor in the spirit. 
understand this message today is a revealing message. Because these are not the do attitudes, these are the be attitudes. He's not given us a pathway to salvation. What he is saying is those that are genuinely be saved, this is the way they be. This is the way we are to be, poor in spirit. And the blessing, the gift of the kingdom of heaven. See, when I was talking about poverty, some of you may have been thinking, I'm not sure I like this. I'm not sure that's what I signed up for. I'm not real sure that's what I, the way I want to live. Well, let me ask you, whose kingdom are you living in? Who is the king of your life? Jesus is king. Follow him. This is Doug Ferris, and I'm blessed to be the pastor here at Underwood Baptist Church. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. It's our prayer that you'll do more than listen to the sermon or gather religious information. We want you to encounter God, and we pray that He will impact your life. If you'd like to contact us for any reason, please go to our website at underwoodbaptist.org. All our contact information is there, and we look forward to hearing from you. I hope you are blessed by today's message.